Welcome to Invest in Yourself, where we feature entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders who feature their stories in our guest blog found on shareyourstories.online. Our guest is Don Levine, a lavender farmer who purchased 55 acres of land and started a business in agriculture, agro-tourism, and product making. We're going to discuss how she has traded her nine to five as a corporate leader to become a business owner with her great idea. John joins us from Mono, Ontario. Welcome. Thanks, Trish. You know, I'm so super excited to have you join us because I have to say that lavender is one of those plants that sort of appeals to all five senses, right? It's really quite an amazing plant. It really is. So tell me. How many plants does it take to create a lavender farm? <laughs> wow. <laughs> it started out with only about 130, mm-hmm. which was our first test plot. Uh, proof of concept was important. And now we have over 30,000. Wow. That's a lot of plants. <laughs> it is a lot, especially in Ontario, because this isn't a native um, plant. And so unlike Mediterranean climates or even in France and in Italy, where they have a lot of mechanized systems that are used to dealing with lavender as a crop, we don't have that here. We do everything by hand. Wow. So we better love it. We better love it hard because we work really hard. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So how does the political communications planner move from a corporate nine to five to deciding that you wanted to uh, start a lavender farm and get into agriculture? That's a that's a real paradigm shift. It's quite a jump. Um yeah burnout? No. (laughs) I'm sure that is a factor. Uh, I think, you know, it was a bit, it's a journey, like all of these things that we go through, especially big, when you make big changes in your life. Um, But I think we really, we have three young children and we just sort of followed our spidey senses in terms of understanding what brought us joy, what we felt was worthwhile in terms of working those hours for, Um, you know, when things take you away from your family and the people you love, um, you start to question whether or not what you're doing is a worthwhile trade-off. And so we wanted to just make sure that our earth time here was a worthwhile trade-off. If we're working hard for something, we want it to be something we feel really proud that we're doing. We want it to feel like, you know, the literal dirt under our fingernails uh, is, uh, is something we feel really excited to share with people. And so it was very much a heart decision, um, which is unlike us and very much unlike political communications planning. Yes. because because some of it was a plan and some of it was a we're not in charge of this you know you've got to give a lot of that control to mother nature and that is Mm -hmm. part of the personal growth uh, element to this for sure now you know one of the things that I find really intriguing is the the fact that you've got this wonderful lavender farm but you've done it as an agritourism connection (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is part of the family. They're all part of the family. Yeah, exactly. Tell me, how how do you connect the dots between agriculture and agritourism? Because I know that your launch is this week. Um, You know, you've got a short season where you try to get as many folks as possible to come and visit you on the farm. So how do you how do you connect the dots? Well, I think part of that trade-off in terms of what we were doing and making it worthwhile was a huge element of it for us was um, was sharing it with people. 
Right. So, um, you know, we, you know, just feeling the, the way that the farm feels to us, it is a, a very serene place. It is healing in lots of ways. We do yoga here on the farm and we try to cultivate that um, relaxing serenity. A lavender is obviously um, a great, uh, a great compliment to that. Mm-hmm. And so while I didn't set out like this, again, this plan was not a fully formed plan to be um, a sort of farm destination. I was very happy working away, just um, doing the farming portion of it, making the products. It, it felt like um almost like um, something was missing because, you know, having that sharing element with other people is, you know, this land doesn't belong to us. We belong to it. And, and living in that sort of truth element of it was vital to us. And so we, we just learned along the way what it means to run an agritourism business, you know, the nuts and bolts of it in terms of ticketing and, um, you know, timed ticketing to ensure that the experience is a nice one and doesn't feel busy for people. And um, those nuts and bolts are, don't feel as challenging because we feel so aligned with the vision of the farm. Um, And I think that is, you know, one thing that now that I've felt what it feels like to really kind of work, be working in alignment with um, sort of your bigger goals, does it, it makes those difficult, you know, nuts and bolts hurdles a lot easier. yeah. And you're much more willing, I think, to learn skills that you need. Right. I mean, right. like I, I'm not a web programmer. I, um, you know, or a graphic designer or I'm not all of these things, these labels that we feel we need to be a granted designations for. I, I'm just trying to run this business. And so if I don't learn how to do it, then no one's going to do it. Um, so, so that's sort of been part of the journey. And actually, to be honest, politics is a great training ground for that because a lot of time you're thrown in the deep end with absolutely no, um, plan or potentially not the credentials required for this, for the position you're in and, and you sink or swim. So, well, you know, isn't that so true? Because nothing comes with a manual, right? I mean, you know, unless you're buying an appliance or a car, you know, and nothing really comes with a manual. So when we're in the life experience, you're absolutely right. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) You are thrown into the deep end because it's it's sink or swim, right? That's right. Now, so, you know, that's a really wonderful analogy for entrepreneurship, because I mean, like you say, you're not going to have all the skills that you need in order yeah. to make your business successful. That's so right. tell me a little bit about, because, you know, there's this wonderful misnomer, I think, um, before we transition from the corporate nine to five into entrepreneurship, that we're going to have all kinds of time on our hands. And, you know, we're, we're really going to be able to manage our calendar a little different. So firsthand experience. I mean, farming is not a nine to five job. No, no. Right. No, it's not. And, and there is something wonderful about that because um, there is a relinquishing of control a little bit around this, like it is time to harvest, right. period. Right. Harvest. It is time to, you know, um, cut the plants back, you know. So in a way that's nice, um, although you're right. And especially with three young kids, um, it, there is a certain element of not quite getting it right all the time. And, um, you know, trying to avoid that, like I'm failing or I'm not doing what I set out to do because I 
I, I myself, I've experienced like a lot of growth mindset changes in the last, um, you know, 18 months and, um, has been vital for like, uh, you know, good mental health in this process. Sure. Uh, last night's a great example. So, um, last night we had a lovely event here. It was a wine and cheese tasting. We also had our yoga. We have field yoga, um, four times a week here. So lots going on, had my three kids inside and kept having to say, mommy just needs X more time to finish. And I could see the day coming to a close and me not getting through that list. And old corporate Don would have just said like, well, I have to get through the list. It's the list. You get through the list. Um, I said, you know what? It's, I just, you have to put a hard cap on it sometimes. Right. Like lids on, it's not getting done tonight. And the, I mean, the only person that's okay. That's okay. And so I was able to come in and do bedtime and do stories and stuff. And so you kind of, you just have to be aware of that internal dialogue that you put upon yourself to be all those things. And you're right. When you, you, yeah, you step into entrepreneurship, you go like, oh, this will be great to manage my calendar. Well, not so much. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Now on your website, I've noticed that you've got some wonderful photos. I'm assuming that perhaps some of them are your children holding um, the lavender flowers. So Tell me about how it's, it really is a family affair, right? I mean, you know, you can get them, even though they're young, they're learning all kinds of things about, you know, making connections with the land, making connect, meeting new people that obviously arrive on the farm for tours. So how has that changed their perspective on learning perhaps? Uh, It's amazing to watch. I absolutely love it. It's especially interesting because my daughters um, who are nine and seven, had prior urban experience. We lived in the city, they had city, you know, skills and they crossed streets and they, you know, had um, physical play boundaries that were quite small. Um, Whereas my son who was, you know, one and a half when we moved here, will never know anything different. And it's interesting to watch the different comfort levels. Like my girls are very good about saying, we're going here, is that okay? Yes. Whereas my son, I, he lets himself in and out of the house. Like it's, it's a very interesting thing to watch. Um, it's also really rewarding because it is what we set out to do. I mean, we wanted our kids to have that connection to nature. Um, and they're so comfortable doing things that I still need to think about. And it seems to come second nature to them. Um, and it's wonderful to see them be enthusiastic about, you know, animal care. They love to be part of, obviously, kids and animals. It's like a natural. Yeah, for natural sure. Thing. Yeah, you don't have to ask them twice to help with that stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's just been, yeah, it's it's such a bonus. Um, but it was a strategic bonus. It was right. part of what we had hoped. Part of the happen. plan, right? That's right. Now, now, one of the things that you mentioned in uh, when I visited your website was that there's this folklore around your land. You also mentioned it in the guest blog. So give yeah. us a little bit of insight into that because, you know, you've given us a, a, little, a little teaser by saying, you know, that sometimes you don't have the whole master plan. You go in with a great idea and then things kind of evolve and change as time allows it. But tell us a little bit about the folklore because, you know, you've mentioned you have meditation on the property. What, why do you have meditation? What's that all about? Yeah, so... Um it's, uh, it's an interesting, oh, like all of this, it's an interesting journey. So, um, 
the the farm's called Avalon, um, which is a name we actually brought with us when we purchased the farm because, uh, especially for my husband, he loves um, Arthurian legend and history, and it for him this felt like that the Arthurian sort of healing aisle of of fruit essentially was. Um, you know, we, there's lots of fruit trees on the property, apples and peaches. And, uh, and so that's sort of just the toe in the water. And then from there, my own ancestry is um, Scottish. And our family actually comes from the area in Scotland that has quite a number of stone circles. And so that was something we visited as a family. And um, this property is just absolutely filled with these giant stones. And so we said, well, as a focal point in the farm, somewhere that feels like a reverent place where um, we could hold meditation or, or yoga, or um, we've had live music, we should, um, we should pay homage to that. So I, it's, absolutely hilarious when we were asking, you know, folks who have the kind of equipment we needed, could you help us create this structure? I thought, I think they thought we were nuts, but actually <laughs> once they saw it coming together, they were like, this is amazing. And yeah. actually, you really need to feel it, to be there, to, to sort of feel the fact that it is quite a beating heart of the farm. And, um, it is a, yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, um, place to just sort of be on the farm. And, uh, and our yoga and meditation classes are there. There's someone doing their, um, bringing their Reiki services. And so, yeah, it's, it's a neat container for that kind of experience here. I love how you've taken family and folklore and nature, and you've kind of combined all of those elements into a business that really seems to speak to your personality too, because, you know, lavender, Scott, your Scottish background and lavender kind of go hand in hand. So can you share with us, what was the, what was the thing, the tipping point? What was the light bulb moment when you and your husband said, you know, we want to sell everything that we have in our urban environment and we want to go to back to, you know, find a farm. What, what was that tipping point? Um, I think what we felt, it was more of a buildup than, than like a specific moment. Um, and it was a, it was sort of a layered buildup of all of these feelings around family, around connection to nature, around not feeling like what was happening in our work lives was um, in alignment with, like you said, who we were or what we wanted to leave um, behind in this world. And so, um, the truth is, is there's been actually many little tipping points that have nudged us in this in this direction and nudged us towards where we are now. Um, lots of them, you know, are even other people's great ideas have been moments where we've said, well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. We should 100% sure. do that here. Yeah, let's collaborate. Yeah, and that's been a real learning experience too because both of us are, are very much um, sort of, I guess, alpha leaders in our zones. And so like finding the joy in um, collaboration, in, um, you know, taking those great ideas and we don't need to feel like we own them. Like right. they're great ideas, you know? I mean, we have some fabulous young staff that work with us this summer um, through the Canada Summer uh, Youth Summer Jobs Program. And their fresh perspectives are incredible. Right now we have a, actually an artist, an artist in residence who's a young lady who is working with our picnic table spaces, which are just essentially canvases. Um, and she is just 
incredible. I mean, these are not ideas that we came up with. We basically said, carte blanche, like make this feel right for people who are visiting and just bring some extra joy to these sort of unpainted spaces. And oh my word, I, you must follow along on this because every time I go to the field, I'm just absolutely delighted with what she's doing. So again, control is a really, is a really hard for us. Yeah. Well, you know, that really takes me to, uh, it's a wonderful segue into your three words of advice, because I really think that you're exemplifying your three words of advice for sure, which are leap then look. So give our viewing and listening audience a little bit of a, uh, an insight into why those three words are important? Uh, they are so scary to hear. <laughs> <laughs> they are indeed. <laughs> they are scary to hear. And they are definitely not the advice we were given. Um, they, I would say for lots of us, they are not the advice or they are not the path we followed in our early careers. Right. Um, especially as an overthinker and an over-researcher. Uh, but time and time again, taking a jump and then figuring it out has not just been um, the only way that I have managed to be where I am in this work now, but it has been an ultimate source, source of joy. Oh, it has, yes, it has added a layer of, um, yeah, just remembering, you know, we're just little humans doing our best here. Yeah. We're just trying to do our best and we don't. And I feel like, especially as women, there's so much pressure for us to do it right. Do it be perfect. Be perfect. Do it the way we're supposed to within the painted lines. Forget it. Paint your own lines. Love paint it. Your own lines. And you'll find people will have come to you who want to paint those crazy lines with you. And then right. it's much more unstoppable when you're a crew. Well, I'm, I really want to thank you, uh, Dawn, for giving us some insight into the Avalon Lavender Farm, because anyone who's doing a staycation or is traveling in Ontario needs to make a stop um, to sort of see how your uh, farm that started with, you know, 100 plants has now grown to 30,000 and how you have a wonderful crew of people who are helping you. And it sounds like some great events throughout the summer holiday season. So we wish you every success as, uh, as you turn a new page. Thank you so much, Trish. And thank you so much for, yeah, featuring um, entrepreneurs. It's, it's a special place to, to live and work. So thank you. Well, listen, I learned something from every guest. So, uh, and you're no exception. So thank you so much for, uh, for sharing your insight with us. My pleasure. Thank you. To you, our viewing and listening audience, I'd like to thank you for joining us in this edition of Keeping It Real, where we introduce you to the person behind the logo. I'm Trish Tonai, founder and host for the series. And if you're interested in sharing your business story, visit our website, shareyourstories.online. Thanks again for joining us. And we look forward to meeting you next time when we share another great idea.